Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it's week six. Week six is completed. Monday night. Uh, if you had a Steelers player, sorry, uh, you'll do better next week. Suck this it. week, yeah, yeah, that's basically what happened to you. Uh, the Dolphins bent you over. So we've got champs and chumps and the waiver wire. More focus on the waiver wire, especially with the injuries and current um, climate of the league. I'm Ryan Ramos, and I am Mike Combs. It's your boy Zach Walker. <coughs> <clears throat> it's uh, Justin Brady. Loser. <laughs> hey, we're back. Okay. I know. I'm glad to have you guys back. Sounds Dude, like you got something caught in your throat. We there, got an email uh, saying, bring those other two back. That fuck's wrong with you guys? You. Yeah, it went directly to my personal email. I don't even know how the fuck they got it. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Ryan's just lost her words right I'm now. Just, uh, no comment. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of something and it didn't come to me, so I just decided I'd sit there and hope you guys had something to say. Uh, how do we do in our weeks this week? How'd we do? Um, let's not talk about that. I overcoached and started Justin Forsett, and he was like, uh, I think I'll do crappy this week. Uh, your boy's about to be 5-1 and one after this uh, Cardinals game is over, so I did pretty well. I pretty much lost to JGI in one league, and then uh, Stafford and Gronk just did it for me in my other league. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy kind of was like, you know what? I really don't want Mike to win this week. Trust me, you're not the only one. There's probably a lot <laughs> of people LaShawn McCoy bent over last week. Uh, yes. Moral of the story, start the running back that's playing against the Niners. Pretty uh, pretty much. Or sucks. anybody playing against the Niners. Um, yeah, I lost this week thanks to, uh, thanks to the Steelers. The Dolphins did me dirty. Steelers defense, Big Ben, Antonio Brown. That was my team, and I lost. But we don't have to talk about that. I First think it was loss. because you were talking shit about Miami. I, I don't think I was talking that much. About, I mean, I said they were bad, but from everything that we've seen so far, they are. Yeah, they just happened to show up the week that you're playing The Miami. week that they, that, that they uh, I think it was just because everyone was talking crap about Miami. They had like Antonio Brown ranked number one, Big Ben ranked number three. Yeah, I had a feeling that Pittsburgh wasn't going to do too hot, but I didn't expect that. I know they're streaky. Well, why didn't you tell me? I said they were streaky last podcast. Play it back. Thanks a lot, Mike. I'm gonna play, play the. Back, play I'm gonna back. play the podcast that we did uh, last time we were talking about this. I don't think you said they're not gonna do okay against. Well, Pittsburgh. I said they're streaky, which is hit or miss. Take that to the bank. Which is Bitch. fifty fifty balls. Which Mike, all we're not do. girls. We can't read into your words that far. Um, <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. Uh, we're going to run through champs and chumps pretty quickly here. You guys probably know who the champs knew the chumps were. But we're going to highlight some players that kind of came out of nowhere and bounced back after having a rough start to the season. Or maybe they just shot out of nowhere and had a 32-point week. And then we'll probably end up fading back into oblivion. But we'll see. Uh, let's start off with, uh, did he really propose to the net? Unfortunately, he did. And it said no. So It's, it's weird now. It's weird now. Uh, OBJ. He he is not a guy I'd want to play with. He's not a guy I'd want to hang out with. Uh, he's not a guy that I'd want to be stranded in like a sporting store with in case he starts banging the nets. But um, he had a good week. Great. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say he's a hell of a football player, but when he scored that last touchdown, I just was like, oh, here it comes. Did you see all his teammates try to give him high fives and hugs, and he just blew right by him just to do a little me thing? And I hate people like that. Craziest thing is, ever since he got socked by the net, it's knocked him back into the OBJ that we all know. And he's been going off ever since the net did him dirty. How many people in that locker room do you think, like, dude, he's such a little bitch? Honestly, probably not that many. I, th- I feel like all everybody in the New York Giants 
locker room just sucks, Odell. That's probably you the reason to. why he asks or he acts the way he does. With a guy like that who brings publicity to your team who's really not that great, you have to love the guy for that. Well, I knew if I was playing with him, I'd just be like, this guy's such a little bitch. I hope he breaks his leg. Not really. <laughs> yeah, he'd be the guy that I would like put a bar of soap in a sock and then like wait until I had five friends and he was alone (laughs) and then just beat the crap out of him. Yeah. But without, without, without Odell, are the New York giants even relevant? They still scored. Are they relevant anyway? No, they're pretty good. (laughs) They're they're I think they're second in the the NFCs. So is Odell Beckham back? Yes. He's, I think he's a great football player. I think it all depends on uh, old Eli Manning. I, he had a good game this week, but I feel like right now he's just not the same Eli Manning. And I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll have to see. But but honestly, when we if we go back to like earlier podcasts when we were saying like the three headed monster in, in the in the Giants offense, um, the last two games have proven that it's back to the one headed monster in Odell because Victor and uh, Sterling Shepard have been pretty relevant in the last two games while Odell is shined. So maybe Eli is actually figuring out, hey, I got a really good wide receiver on my team. Maybe I should throw him the ball deep. And they don't have really a running game either. So they're kind of shit out of luck. And I feel like a lot of the offensive struggles has to do with that run game. We talk about it all the time. Great run game opens up the pass. Without a run game, the pass is not there. Eli Manning is still a top-tier quarterback. He will figure it out. They don't even have to throw that ball deep. That last touchdown that OBJ got was across the middle over two guys. Yeah, he broke a tackle to begin with and then ran it upfield for another 50, 60 yards. But the guy has talent after he catches that ball. Yeah, he's really fast. Well, the, the craziest thing for me is when he caught that ball on the sideline and that the corner was on his ass. And instead of keep kept, uh, instead of him keep, oh my goodness gracious, to, to today, Junior, instead of him just running straight and keeping going, he cut right and just completely cut down the space between him and that corner. And then once he had a little bit of space, he was gone. You know what I mean? A lot of wide receivers just keep running straight thinking they can burn a guy. Should we sell high on Odell if you have him? Can you keep this up? Uh, if you're selling high, I want to pick him up. Same here. Uh, he's still Odell. I think that, yeah, he had a rough start to the season. But, Mike, this is more of a this is more of an example of how you say that, you know, star players are star players for the reason. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I mean, it's at the beginning of the football season, you got to figure some things out, right? People start scheming to stop certain players. But eventually, I mean, these are NFL teams here. This is what they do for a living. The offense figures it out. It breaks back open, and then you go from there. Um, mid-season, mid-season changes are a lot slower to implement and a lot harder than, you know, preseason training camp changes. So if they figured it out now, you can feel confident that OBJ will be a solid starter and you probably shouldn't trade him in. Would, All would, right, what if this trade was offered to you? Um, AJ Green for Odell Beckham, who do you want? AJ. AJ. Come okay, on. what about Julio Jones? Julio. I don't know. I'd like OBJ. No, dude, look at I don't know. I mean, I think I feel like those are just washes though. It's, you there's s- you're not getting any better. It's just like those those top 4 or 5 receivers are all the same. Like well, Antonio Brown, AJ Green, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham. They're all just But I want I want the number 1 quarterback in the league right now throwing me the ball. Yeah, and I want someone who's less streaky like Odell. When he's on, god damn, he looks like he's the best. But he's so streaky, especially mentally. Watch him have another bad game and just melt. That's the only thing I'm scared about. If Julio had a bad game, he'll come back next week hungrier than ever. Odell, I think he's a little bit of a bitch. When I look at it as the mat- in the matter of like size, too. Like, 
Julio Jones is, is huge. Odell's not like the tallest dude, the biggest dude out there. He's going to be the fast guy, the deep threat, and he can be the possession receiver that's going to break open 30-yard, 40-yard catches, whatever. But Julio Jones is that guy you can put on the two-yard line and fit the ball between two defenders and catch the ball and wear it. If Odell got popped, I'm, I'm telling you he's dropping that ball, hands down. All right, I got a question about Julio Jones. Did you guys see that last play? Was that Was that um, pass interference? I think so. I do too, but then again, I feel like if you're a ref, you can't be the one that decides the game. I think it was a good no call, even though it was pass interference. Because if that was pass interference, that puts them in field goal range, and then they have a chance to win the game. Well, and, it, and it wasn't like it wasn't too blatant. Like, of course, oh, when he you was s- holding his arm. Well, yeah, when you see a slow mo of the fucking thing and you're looking for it, of course. But then you gotta you gotta think about it as a ref in in real time. Everything is super fast in the NFL. You really think you're going to you're gonna catch one dude holding down his arm? It's kind of hard, especially if you don't have position. Yeah, I think Dan Quinn said it best. You, even, you can't even let the referees control the game. So he doesn't blame the loss on that. He just blames more of his team letting the referee be in the case of deciding whether it's a good call or not. Yeah, I mean, they never do that. I mean, if you go back to the Super Bowl with the Niners, people thought that Michael Crabtree was, you know, that, that he was – there was a penalty that could have been called on that play the refs that's the one thing they don't do and it's good is you don't want you don't want the game to end on a penalty just like in basketball they usually don't end the game on a penalty if you get fouled going up for the last shot it's usually not called um unless the guy like rick rolls yeah and it's like okay that's that's definite pass interference yeah but yeah but it has to be pretty blatant for it to be called um so okay let's move on to that saints carolina panthers game if you had a player in that game you probably did all right uh, that Drew Brees and Brandon Cooks combo, we hadn't seen it for a couple weeks. Actually, since week one, um, they showed up again this week. Uh, Mike, how are you feeling about taking that bet about Drew Brees throwing, averaging 40 passes per game? You know L. what? It's biting me in the ass, so there's only one thing I'm hoping for right now. There is a bet clause. If Drew Brees gets hurt and doesn't play 12 games, it doesn't no, no, count. No, 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 but Drew Brees... I think he is the best fantasy quarterback in the league. I can't think of anyone I'd rather have right now. If I was redrafting, I would most definitely take Drew Brees over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's the the only one that you can even consider when you're talking about the best quarterback in the league right now in fantasy uh, perspective is Matt Ryan. Um, Drew Brees does have one less game than Matt Ryan. That's why he's not outscoring him, but he's 26 points ahead. So that's basically in standard. Yeah. So that's basically saying if – Drew Brees had one more game. Does he drop 26 in standard to get around Matt Ryan's level? We don't know. I think it's almost a wash as yeah, of right now. Wash. But I think in long term, for the rest of the season, I think Drew Brees yeah, most definitely. would probably be your number one guy, the way he looks now. Yeah, in fantasy, you want attempts. And uh, Drew Brees leads the league in those. And he's got a great receiving core. This team is built around the pass. And uh, I don't think the NFC South has a lot of good defenses this year, so I don't think they have anything to and worry about. He has a shit defense to pair along with yeah. that. He's yeah. on the field so, a lot, so he has a lot of time to throw the ball. Yeah, he's most definitely chucking it at least 40 times a game, unfortunately. But with the Brandon Cooks thing, he had a few games last year where he didn't do crap. But I think literally 12 out of the 16 games, he had over 100 yards or damn near close. But with Brandon Cooks, he looks like the guy where you need that big play for him. I feel like he's going to get you a 28 or he's going to get you a 6. Like, there's nothing really going to be in the middle there. What I love is that about our our whole Sneed tattoo thing is uh, Sneed's still only 21 behind, which isn't that bad. Just give Brandon Cooks another three and a half game and have 
Sneed go off. That's in standard points. What was that bet league. again? I know I made a bet on Sneed, but I it was, forgot. I think it was Sneed being um, like top 12. Oh, yeah. I he's not going to be top 12. Yeah, I think I put him in like the top 12. I said he's not, right? Yeah, you said okay, he's good, not. Okay, good. That's I said how I feel as of right now, too. <laughs> I said he was, yeah. But um, no, Brandon Cooks looked good. Um, but what scares me about him is that he's not the possession receiver, clearly. Uh, I think Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed have taken that role into their hands. Um, because you don't see Snead going as deep as you would like to. Um, every time you see Drew Brees cock back to throw a bomb, you see that little number 10 just sprinting away. He's gone. <laughs> just sprinting away. And he always has like 10 yards of separation. And it's like, who the fuck was covering the little guy? <laughs> because he's gone. And that's exactly what he did this week. You know what they should have done, Carolina, what the Jets coach did a few years ago? Did you guys see that when the Jets coach tripped the guy going yes. across? That's what Carolina Mike, should have done. Mike Tomlin's done that before too. Yeah, well, he did. Mike Tomlin did it on accident. The Jets guy literally stuck his foot out there and was like, "Fuck Doug. you!" Hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Rex Ryan for you. That's the Rex Ryan coaching stuff. <laughs> That's what they planned all year. Like, hey, big big play. I need you to put your foot out. They practiced me. that. He's like, "Okay, so you're gonna drop your clipboard an inch forward closer and kind of put your hand on the ref and then trip him." Um, yeah, Brandon Cook seems a lot like that Deshaun Jackson type player that can give you a 30-point game or a 5-point game. Um, but still, I think you're going to get the value for where you drafted him. But the thing is, he's not going to be like a consistent win each week. He might get you a big win one week or uh, or he might screw you over the other week. That's the thing about those boomer bust players, right? Is that if he goes off in a game where you're already winning, he didn't really do that much for you, right? Well, you still want those points regardless, just so you can say, I beat your ass 120 to 45, eat it. Yeah, but like you'd rather, I, I feel like I'd rather have a consistent, you know, like 15 points than a game well, where you well, score yeah, 30 and a game where you score I five. Feel like, I feel like everybody would like that. But what I do like about Cooks is that I feel with the big name players that we have talked about, I feel like Brandon Cooks has a better probability to have that big play than, you know what I mean, like the Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, because they throw the ball so many times, so he's going to get the opportunities. Exactly. I feel like it happens more often with Brandon Cooks than any other just boomer bust guy in the league. Yeah, no, I mean, Brandon Cooks shut us up because we were talking, I mean, were we talking sell high on Brandon Cooks before? (laughs) No, I've always liked Brandon Cooks, so I'm pretty sure I haven't trashed him, but he's just the same kind of player that we said he was. He's going to get you 30, he's going to get you five. It's one or the other, it's not in the middle. The best thing on Sunday was uh, Brandon Cooks' first long touchdown. Zach texts me (laughs) and goes, fuck, there goes my bro, really. In one pass, in one I pass. lost my bro first real pass. <laughs> the first one. 87 yards. <laughs> and he got the fucking touchdown. Uh, um, so, Mike, let's talk about another saint really quick. That um, is, Have you torn down your shrine yet? Uh, not yet. Your Ingram shrine? No, he's most definitely going to be a top 20 running back because first off of all the injuries there, he it's said just, top 20. I'm pretty sure you said like number one or two. I never said one or two. We can play that back. I've always liked Ingram and I still do. Okay. Yeah. Let's not, let's not. At best, you, at best, you put him in the top 10. At best. At best. Mm, I don't think you put him in the say, top five. I think you did place him in the top 10. We you can said play like, it back. I want to say, because as of right now, I'm feeling the same way. I still think he's going to be about 12 or so. Because Yeah, because I think you did one of those like at best, he's at like six. And like at worst, he's at 12. You did one of those. Well, he's going to hover around there by the end of the year. Don't give up on Mark Ingram I yet. Don't, I don't know. I think I have a great shot to, to 
clear the board here with our bets. No, I don't think so. I bet right now he's about <laughs> he was 22. At, he was at no, he was at 18th. Uh, okay, yeah. Last week when we had our podcast, okay, and so then he just probably, put up. Yeah, he's probably about twenty two right now. But then again, remember he has a buy. His buy is already gone, so he's at twenty two with the buy already. You're still eighty percent of the league that still has to have a buy. Very true. All Very right, true. let's talk about another running back, Jay Ajayi. Twenty five attempts, two hundred and four yards, and two touchdowns. Where did this come from? You know what I felt? I felt like it seemed the Terrence West effect. When you have Arian Foster coming back, breathing down your neck, because they obviously wanted Foster to be the guy. He looked like a guy who's like, fuck you, I got the job. I want to keep the job. And the O-line actually freaking blocked this week. Can you believe that? Tannehill's tank can't throw worth a shit. But the O-line blocked and gave him huge holes, and he hit those holes so fast and so hard, you got to give credit to him. Well, and the craziest thing is that Pittsburgh was the streaming defense that we were talking about last week, and then it just it looked like... We had no idea what we were saying. The Pittsburgh, no. they, they looked so off. It <laughs> was super streaky, man. It was weird. Like, um, some of the holes that Ajayi was getting, it was like, are you serious? It was almost like you, it, it kind of looked like Miami's O-line was Dallas's O-line against Pittsburgh. Yeah, but that won't hold up. Jay Ajayi ain't going to rush 200 yards again. Oh, yeah, season. no, no, no. We're not, we're not predicting that, I mean, but I'm just saying. I would go, I would go that bold and even say that, David Johnson's not going to rush for 200 yards all season. That's 200 yards is insane. Uh, yeah, there might be one more game this year where a running back hits 200 yards. I don't I can't tell you which one it's going to be, but it'll there'll be another 200 yard game, but not. I was going to say I think David Johnson will go all purpose 200. Yeah, I'm talking rushing yards for sure. 200 yards is insane. Well, he got to especially what? on the ground. It's <laughs> like 180. Yeah, something yeah, something. somewhere around there. So yeah. he was close. It could get there. Fast and brown and on the ground. If they if All they right. if they play the fucking Niners again, they will. Yeah, well, they do play the Niners again. They're in the same division. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> 200 yards. We'll player. see. We'll see. That'd be a bet I'd take. Um, yeah. So, what are you guys gonna do about JHI? That's a tough one because. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are going to run and pick him up, especially with how decimated the running back position is. But do you see this being like a one-time spike, or do you think he can actually keep this up throughout the season? I think that's a tough pickup. He's playing for his position game in and game out from here on out with Foster on his ass. Uh, I said the same thing as Mike to answer that first question. He was playing for his position, and he looked like he was playing for his position. So it'll be tough to start him. I think he's an RB2. He's definitely not an RB1. If you can play him in your flex, that's where I'd play him if you pick him up. Treat him, treat him like a Terrence West. Stash him. And just know that you might not be getting a, a number one running back out of it, but you possibly could be because Aaron Foster's coming back off of that uh, the strained groin that he had. He's which always hurt, man. Which could flare up next game. And then J.J. is back carrying the entire workload. So we got to see how it pans out once Aaron Foster is back on the field. Yeah, I was talking to Ryan about this actually before the podcast. Um, he's a must pickup now. Whether or not you start him, he should not be a free agent in any leagues anymore. So I'm not completely sold on JGI, but I definitely want him on my team. I don't know if I have the nutsack to start him next week, but I definitely want him on my team. And if he can pull another game out where he gets me anywhere from 80 to 120 yards, I think he deserves a starting spot. Yeah, I mean... If a running back runs for 204 yards on 25 attempts, that means he's got some talent. There are some running backs that just, it doesn't matter how big the holes are, some running backs aren't going to be able to run for 204 yards regardless. Um, yeah, a la Justin Forsett. Um, 
And Ajayi was the man, wasn't he, at the beginning of the year? He was... Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. No, I'll say... No, he is the man. I was just agreeing, but um, he got pretty butthurt the first week when they said they were going to start Foster. After Foster didn't really do shit the whole preseason, they kind of kept him like trying to stay healthy. But I remember that he was a healthy scratch week one because he fucking complained and bitched. He's like, I'm not the starting running back. You guys are whack. Well, didn't he fumble too in like the last preseason game when he got the because the, he started the last preseason game when Arian Foster sat out and I think he like yeah. fumbled once so or twice. So if you're normally starting on the fourth preseason game, that means uh, fumble. <laughs> that normally means that you're not going to be the starting running back. Yeah, I mean, I especially if he's if he's all all pissed off about Aaron Foster starting that first game and and uh, and getting to play above him, I can see him just playing with a chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. and running like this. Um, especially if the O line, the weird thing is, is that O lines that struggle pass blocking sometimes don't struggle run blocking. Partly because it it can be easier to open holes uh, than it is to pass block and uh, and hold it for like five seconds or whatever you need, depending on the offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Jay Ajayi has that Terrence West factor going, where he's uh, where he's literally running for his job, he's got a chip on his shoulder, he wants that starting spot. I think he's a great stash, and uh, he could have some big games and could possibly win you some leagues. Yeah. Plus, I think he's on his contract year, so normally when guys are on their last year of their contract, they try to go nuts because it's um, very helpful for him, gives them leverage when they're talking new contracts. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, I'm pretty sure that just whoever, whichever uh, running back faced the Niners is going to be on our champs. Uh, As of right now, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk LaShawn McCoy, who had a huge week. Um, how many touchdowns did he score? Was it three or three? Three. Man, when he got hurt, I'm not going to lie, I was that asshole that was like, oh, yeah, take him out. He already had 25 points on me by that time. I was celebrating when he got hurt. So was I, and that just makes me feel like an a-hole, but not really, though. Um McCoy, I wanted so hard to be like, there's no way teams are going to try anything to do to stop him. But he looks freaking good. He looks like LaShawn McCoy of Philadelphia. I, I see him getting the 1,400 yards rushing this year. If he stays healthy, check, check. <laughs> check, 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 check. No, yeah, I mean, I, like we were saying before, he looks great. And this Bills offense has figured out that they just need to force feed him the ball to succeed. Um I don't think Shady's a buy like a sell high candidate, a buy low candidate. I think he's just he's not going anywhere. Whoever has him on their team, he's 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 not getting traded. Well, he just got traded in my league actually, or Anthony's league. Uh, Connor, Josh had him and then traded him. Uh, I thought he got traded again after this weekend's performance. No, was like, I wouldn't be fuck? surprised though because that league is trading mania. I, I already tried to get him. This I, we need to post something. Of all the trades that happen in that league, I bet we're pushing eight or nine I've in week got six. Five alone, so there's oh, no just kidding. Josh has five alone. Connor's probably about three or four. Chris is at two, three. I'm at one now. I made a trade, guys. I want you guys to let us know. Tell me what you think. I traded Jonathan Stewart. I traded uh, Terrell Pryor, and I traded Dion Lewis for Antonio Brown, the Bills defense, and Andy Dalton. What do you guys think? That badge? <laughs> really? Nice. <laughs> Good job. Congrats. Um, what do you want me to do? Buy you a cake? No, I just wanted to know <laughs> yeah. what you guys think. Are you guys worried that Big Ben's going to be out and Brown's not going to eat? No, I mean, uh, 
because that would screw me over, so you can't be worried. <laughs> you just have to grin and bear it. Now, we'll talk about that more uh, as the week goes on, but Landry Jones has been proven to force-feed Antonio Brown, which if I was the quarterback, I'd do the same thing. I'd be like, Antonio, stay close, catch the ball and run. <laughs> do quick screens. Yeah. Um, I mean, Antonio Brown is a superstar talent. Mike Tomlin's not a stupid coach. He's going to make sure that the ball gets in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown's hands. I think uh, Le'Veon's numbers go higher. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I, I, I can agree there, but I still think that Antonio Brown, I don't think he's a terrible shot. I'm just saying the guys like Sammy Coates uh, and the other receivers in that offense aren't necessarily going to see the ball. But you got to think, too, though, Landry's not that accurate of a quarterback. He proved it last year. He's not that accurate of a I know, quarterback. I know, but what Pittsburgh's going to do is they're going to keep short underneath routes and easy throws. That's yeah, so, so yeah, that, that's that's always good, but... And this is only like a two-week patch. That's true, but a lot of yeah. a lot of Antonio Brown's uh, big games are because of the deep ball. Uh, not if you look, actually, he he turns off a lot of screens where he just catches the ball and goes upfield. Yeah, cool. he has the deep ball. Don't get me wrong; that's part of his arsenal. But they're going to do a lot of little dinky dunk plays. And Antonio Brown, I wouldn't be surprised next week if he has ten catches. Yeah, he. I mean, he he can do both. That's why it makes him so valuable because he he can do the possession game. He can do the deep game. Um. He's a red zone target. He's great. It'll, I think he'll be fine. I don't think he, he's not going to have a huge week, but I don't think he's going to screw you over by any means. He, he could still get you 15 points with Landry Jones throwing the ball. It's just hard to trust. It's just hard to trust Landry. Before we saying. move on, should people buy Antonio Brown low right now if they can? Do you recommend it? If you can, if you can work it, yeah. But a lot of people are gonna are either gonna look up how Landry did. You know what I mean? It's not like we're the only ones that know Landry's stats last year with Antonio Brown. You know what I mean? So if, if you're able, if you got a mouthpiece on you and you can work Antonio Brown into your hands, then yeah, of course. Do you think Marvin Jones would be a good idea to throw in for an Antonio Brown? Uh, as of right now, yeah. I still don't think Marvin Jones is going to have a great year, but I think it's definitely something to think about. But we can move on. Yeah, I mean, Marvin Jones hasn't had good weeks over the past few weeks. I wouldn't take a trade Well, for no, him. he had good weeks. He, um, I think he had a 10 and like a... Eight and a half. And like, that's not that bad for somewhere where you drafted him because you didn't draft Marvin Jones to be your number one guy. But did he have the, those? They had those in our league, in our half point PPR, not in a standard. Okay. In a standard, I think he had 75 yards catching last week and he had two catches for 10 yards, which is seven points again in standard. What I'm saying is, is, is you find a person that'll take Marvin Jones for Antonio Brown in a straight trade, even right now, and uh, I find you someone who's on crack. No, you would have to obviously work something else in with it. I'm just saying, would that be a good idea to throw in someone who's been going off to kind of cool down? Well, and not just Marvin Jones. If if, yeah, if just you have someone to bait Antonio Brown with, if some dude's a fucking Niners fan or something like that, actually, no, they're terrible. Yeah, it's a, a bad um, reference. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not taking any Niners. I'm, I'm a Niners fan, but I'm not stupid. No, thanks. Well, would you trade Julian Edelman for Antonio Brown? You know okay, what I mean? let's not be silly. I'll take well, Julian Edelman and Marvin Jones well, for Antonio Brown. Okay, what I'm, say, what I'm saying yeah, that's is... A good, that's a good matchup. What I'm saying is there's a bunch of crazy Patriots fans out there. There's a bunch of crazy fans for every team. You know yeah. whose fans are crazy? The Bills fans are crazy. Have you seen those videos of the Bills Mafia? I don't Did know. you see those t-shirts they were selling in the parking lot for Kaepernick? I don't know one no. rifles on cap. I don't know. Oh, I don't know God. one Bills fan. The Bills fans are crazy, dude. I see videos of dudes like they pour beer down a girl's butt crack and they like drink There's it. There's nothing else to do I don't in think Buffalo. That was beer, dude. 
Yeah, exactly. I saw that video. It wasn't beer? <laughs> I don't think there was any alcohol involved there. But you just wanted to eat it. <laughs> oh, no. You dirty dog. Oh, this right, podcast we're, is we're rated R. Let's uh, move on. Okay, Lamar Miller, Mike, we said it. He ate. Um, and boy, did he eat. Uh, all you Lamar Miller uh, owners, take that deep breath. You can finally go and take the dump that you've been holding in for the past six weeks. Um, what do you think? Is he going to keep this up? I wouldn't say don't get too excited. Uh, it was the 24th best rush defense, but it was a sign of hope. Um, it was a sign that he can actually run the ball for more than 10 yards in one carry. Um, and it was also a sign that he can get in the end zone. Um, he faces uh, three more top 10 rushing defense for the rest of the season, which is pretty favorable. So um, I think this was the game. If you were going to sell him, I would do it this week. If, if, if you feel you can't trust him, which right now I really can't because this was his first big game. I would try to sell him, package him up for somebody, and you can get a top running back because the name and the positioning in the beginning of the season because you do not want to waste your first pick because he was probably the first pick on a lot of people's teams. You don't want to waste – you don't want to have your first pick be 17th running back of the year. But, yeah, at this point now, you when you make trades, you can't think about, oh, I drafted him first or drafted him second, so I can't trade him for this. Drafting is out the door. So if you even think about that in your trades, you're already losing. But, anyway, I think Ryan and I also talked about this before the podcast. It looked like Houston actually knew how to use Lamar Miller, get him open, and get him in space because he's not the guy that's going to run between the tackles consistently and pick you up chunks of yards. He's a guy that you need to get in open space and one-on-ones. I think I talked about it too last week on Thursday. Uh, he was due for a great performance, and he hadn't gotten into the end zone. I think that he got his taste of the end zone, and he finds it a lot more coming soon, if that makes any sense. Yeah, to a football field near you. Um, <laughs> the, the Texans. Yeah, the te- <laughs> Lamar Miller's smash party. Um <laughs> Uh, it's Miller time nine. Anyway, uh, no, it, it looked like Osweiler finally kind of figured out that he needs to get the ball to his stars. Um, and and time. and that Houston offense found out that you know, they need to get Lamar Miller the ball in open space because he is that shifty type back. I mean, he, he is a lot like uh, LaShawn McCoy. Um, and there was – did you see that one? Was it a, a screen pass, something like that, where he took it 50 yards and he like – or was it a run where he broke like two tackles behind the line and then just kept breaking tackles all the way down the field. He showed what he can do. I'm pretty sure it was a run, but I'm not 100% sure. But, yeah, like when you get him in the open field, he is a hard guy to tackle. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he – sell high, I think, is, is the best for this, though. I mean, you could possibly I would, get – if I had You him, could get sit. something huge. You'd sit on him? I'd sit. I don't see him getting over seven touchdowns this year. See, that's the thing about Lamar Miller that you should have known going in. He's not going to be the guy to get you double-digit touchdowns. Just That's not his M.O. His M.O. is getting into space and breaking tackles and piling up yards. He's that guy that can get you an 85-yard run easily. But he's not going to be the guy to get you a touchdown on the five-yard line. He's just not big enough. Well, and I heard, like, it, I was looking at, like, an interview. It was, like, two weeks ago or something like that. He was uh, asked to why his uh, yards per carry was so bad. And he even told the reporter, he was like, I'm not even thinking about adding and adding and adding. I'm thinking about just getting to a spot and getting there. You know what I mean? So I feel like he, the confidence of Lamar Miller to start the season was very low. So maybe this game can boost that up and maybe he will actually try and get more yards after, after his carry or after contact. But 
I don't know. It's 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 a toss up for me. I don't know if he's just going to continue this or he's going to come back down. I just don't know. And that's why I would choose to sell high and go get someone who's proven himself this year. My thing is is there aren't many better options out there now, especially with the injuries. I don't see uh, what name a better option that that would you would be able to get. I Todd Gurley. Well, and I think you can probably package right. up a Lamar Miller and a wide receiver too and go get Shady. Yeah, right. I don't think anyone's trading Shady now. I, if, would, I would say, say I would trade Lamar Miller for a Todd Gurley or something like that. I don't think Todd's he's not having the year. I would take Lamar Miller over Todd. Look at Todd's stats from last year. And he was in the same exact spot as he was now. Then he rolled in three or four hundred and fifty yard games. But we're now in week seven coming up. Yeah, and I'm pretty I think sure he did it through week four last week. He, last year. He, right now I think he's on pace more yards than he had last year. But that is, um, it's. But then, to be seen. But, but then, if if he's on pace for more yards, isn't that a wash with Lamar Miller? Because, like you're saying, they they, they get yards. The reason they don't why because Todd Gurley has a better chance of getting in the end zone. Because I would take a touchdown for six points more than relying on Lamar Miller to get me sixty yards rushing. He's right. gonna be able to punch it into the end zone before Lamar. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's I, all I'm I'll to put say. that on. Yeah, for sure. I could see like Lamar Miller gets hundred yards rushing, Gurley gets eighty and a touchdown. You know. But it's just, I, I don't know. know. I don't like I don't like Gurley's yards per carry this year. Um, I don't like the way that offense is trending. A lot of passing going on in that Rams offense he right now. He scored me big points this week. <laughs> oh, Casey. Oh, yeah. In the league, did I thought I you were talking about Todd? Oh no, Todd. Oh, I think Todd. Todd, Todd, Todd got low Todd. double digits. I think he got ten or eleven Todd. points. Yeah, he's just. I I would hold on to Lamar Miller over Todd Gurley. I I would just sit on him. That there aren't many better running backs out there. Yeah, well, and if they are better, they're not. Point. They're not available. Shit, go get fucking Christine Michael and someone else for Lamar. Ooh, Christine I just Michael. offered that trade. Why not, we talking, dude? So. Oh yeah, it's it's starting to turn out in in Seattle that that Christine Michael can just find the end zone every single time. I think Christine Michael is getting a lot more carries. Not saying that he's bad, but he's getting those carries because Russell Wilson's banged up. I no, I think it's the awakening. He's the, he's the woke blow. Russell Wilson's really not that banged up, dude. Have you seen him? But did you see him play? <laughs> I know he yes. looks terrible. So, okay, but look look at look at Lacey, who's really banged up. Look how he played, and then look how Russell played. Tell me who's banged up in that situation. They both look banged up, Puffs. Tom or Tom Brady. What the hell am I talking about? Russell Wilson. He, I think Russell is a good. step slower than he normally is. But he still looked good. I know, but he, he still, still looked like Russell Wilson. Hurt. If you've seen his didn't... right leg, it looks like he's like a half robot. He has ankles all taped up, and he has a big knee brace. He looks like he could be in a not is it iRobot when I he robot. has yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I don't I don't care as long as you're getting me in the top ten in in scoring each week. I don't give a shit how bad on paper it says you're hurt. I don't think hurt. Russell Wilson was top ten scorer this week. Um. Double, wait. Wait a second. Just one. Well, we can come back to it. Let's nope, move on. It's right, here. Looking. It's yeah. right here. Yeah. I bet it's he got like ten. I I started him. Oh, okay. Um. So Kenny Britt. Told you. <laughs> nope. Wow, Mike. Um. I was proud about that one, honestly. Yeah, I was wrong about Quick. Didn't even play. Did he? Did he play? I didn't see him. Out I don't there. think he played. I think he was injured. Um. So if you have him, if he's available, which I'd be shocked if he is, he's available in my league. There's got to be some. I mean, I guess I could check and see. Uh, but there's got to be some standard leagues, some PPR leagues where Britt is available. People have been staying away from that Rams passing game because it's like we're kind of waiting for the other other shoe to drop on that. Um, is he a like must start wide receiver two or flex? I think he could be a considerable flex play and a buy replacement. 
Either way, I don't feel comfortable saying, like, all right, Kenny Britt, you must start him now as your wide receiver too. Because I'm not completely sold. Because in the past, Kenny Britt has showed us this, flashes, and then absolutely shit the bed. But I think he's definitely someone to consider now. What's crazy is, is in, in standard leagues, he's averaging, he's averaging eight points so far and then 12 points and half PPR. That's a great flex start. It is. So, uh, yeah, ride it. Ride yeah. it as long as you can. And then once he starts declining, which it will, like Mike is saying, then you're back to square one. But if he continues to do it, like the Kenny Britt that we, we haven't seen, then you just got to steal. So there's really no... You're not really taking that big of a risk. You can start him one week and you might lose that week because he puts up two points out of your flex. But then it's an easy decision. Then you just sit him again. I think Kenny Britt's going to be the most added person on free agency this week, unless Ajay is there. But um, I have a feeling that Kenny Britt's only owned in like 35% of the leagues. I don't have the exact stat if you guys want to let me Dude, in. I thought it was 13. He was only owned in 13. If that's the case and he's a must pick up. I have him. I've been riding him all year in my other league. And he's uh, owned in 13.1% yeah. so of leagues. So he is a must, must add. Oh, yeah. I, I Don't you, expect two touchdowns which, a week, what's crazy, what's crazy, though, is that he crept into the 14th best wide receiver in fantasy this year. I could see him hovering around 25. Holy shit. I said, I said I could see him in the top 25 at 19. Well, that's, I think that's best case scenario in 19. 19. I, I see him 20 to 25, somewhere around that range. Yeah, he's got fucking 62 points. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's Six really weeks. Good. That's it's nuts. I don't buy it. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. In the past, he's played like fuck. I don't buy it. Uh, I see him falling off. I just don't buy it. So you're telling people not to pick him up? Because that's what I, you're I mean, I think that he's... On waivers, I think that he's not a bad pickup, but I don't know if, unless it was a bye week, I couldn't see starting him. Look what he's done all season. He's averaging 16 yards per catch. But didn't you say? Catch, oh. And averaging like six to seven receptions. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. he's, he's outscoring Tyrell, and I don't think you would have ever said that about Tyrell, yeah, ever. I got a question ever. for you too, right? Didn't you say that the Rams are trending on passing the ball more? Wouldn't you want the guy that he's passing it to? A big motherfucker too at, at that. This was a game against Detroit, though. I know. Well, he's been doing well all season. Not superstar, but he's definitely someone to consider. But, okay, you want to talk about that, though? Against Seattle, he had 94 yards receiving and, I believe, a touchdown. The first that Seattle gave up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. Against a, that's against a defense. Yeah, Julio Jones just spanked him, but that's different. But I don't know. It, he, like Mike was saying, he, he can, he has the potential to finish. Relevant in fantasy, he's the number one guy. Like it's there. it's hard to believe, and it, I'm, I'm I can tell it's hard for you to believe right now, but it it's a possibility, and it's a it's a greater possibility than I think it ever has been. So you pick him up, and like I said, you can start him, risk that week. If he screws up, then either drop him or sit on him. You know what I mean? I'm not saying start Kenny Britt for the rest of the season. Don't you ever take him out because he's going to be this good and he's going to be in that spot. No, we're talking about. Pick the guy up. He's trending, just like we've talked about in the last few podcasts. I, I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be off and on. Um, he does have games where he can go off. I mean, they play Carolina week nine. You're looking at New Orleans week twelve. Atlanta Shit week in Carolina. Atlanta week fourteen and San Francisco week sixteen. Kenny Britt could win you your, win you your league in week sixteen. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. But I, I don't know. These were his first two touchdowns this year. Um, yeah. and his worst game was. 
three points versus Tampa Bay. Every other game was 8, 12, 10, 9.5. I'll take that all day in my flex. Especially a guy who's owned in 13% of leagues. I own Tyrell Williams, who doesn't do shit some weeks. See, that, yeah, that that's San Diego's day. offense. So. But anyway, back on – you said Carolina's defense, guys. I know we don't have it in the script, but must shit. drop. Dude. We do we do have it in the script. Oh, yeah, I forgot. But anyway, okay, we'll get to it when <laughs> We I haven't have. gotten there yet, Mike. Hold on. Sorry, Let's finish up these again. champs real quick. Uh, okay. We've been hating on Golden Tate. Uh, I'm fairly certain that Justin said this is going to be be the week that he would come I, back. I swear to God, uh, was, he wasn't here to say it. That wasn't written the day of. I promise well, you. I have word too, and I can switch up some shit. Three You're days later. so. I, knew I know. That was I'm coming. kidding, dog. I'm I knew kidding. that was coming. I made a mistake, guys. I overcoached, and you know what sucks is I didn't go with my gut feeling. Before the game started, I was like, no Ebron, no Riddick. The pass has got to go somewhere. But me being an overthinking little cack. I started freaking Tavon Austin, man. The craziest thing is, is in is in the script that I wrote that I didn't show up for on Saturday. I was like, Golden Tate, this is your last fucking chance. If you don't get in the end zone this week, I will send out my address to everybody that listens to this podcast so you can come and personally kill me. And then I put down his numbers. Seems like, thank, wow. thank, Seems like kind of an overreaction. Yeah, I need to see another. Think I was week, actually gonna do that, but I don't. <laughs> I still wouldn't say I feel comfortable starting him, but as long as Ebron and Riddick are out, I think he's a must start. But I need to see another week out of this from Golden Tate before I'm like, oh, he's back. It was just, it was just, it was. I wouldn't say it's promising. It just felt good, it just did. to see. It, well, not for me. Like, he's on the bench. The craziest thing for me with Golden Tate is on that first big play where he got tackled and like they reviewed it. <laughs> you know that they called that back because they touched his shoelace. His Did, shoelace. You know how pissed Golden Tate probably was, like, just like how he looked at the goal line now <laughs> in that one game. Like, what do I got to do to get in? And then here it is, the end zone's right in front of me, and this one touches my shoelace. Are you fucking kidding me? How do you hey, even see that on camera? It's an extension of the body. <laughs> it is. What can you say? Um, I was like, you are killing this man. You are absolutely <laughs> killing this man. Right I now. think your guys' red zone was a little ahead of mine because anytime there was a big play, I got it through you guys and then saw it about <laughs> two minutes later. That was the same thing. I got it through my ESPN app no, and then I was watching it on Sunday ticket. And I've seen it at Ryan's house. It's because the red zone that I was watching at my house and the one that I've seen here, it's different because yeah, Scott Hansen wasn't networks. Scott Hansen wasn't doing mine. I kind of so like the other one better. The other one's Scott way douche. You're better. not gonna sneak in a commercial on us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yep. We don't do commercials here. The the, the red zone. Um, Shut up, Scott. I feel like Golden Tate is like. Uh, so we're like the girlfriend. Golden Tate cheated on us, and but he brought us flowers the day after. So we're like, okay, he's better. But we don't trust you yet. We'll see if you bring chocolates tomorrow. <laughs> if good. he if he brings chocolates next week, starting lineup for the rest of Here's the year the doesn't thing, matter though. what he does. Here's the thing, though. I would try to sell high. You can't sell high yet. You need another good game. Dude, okay, if you're talking about you can find X, Y, and Z in your league, a.k.a. the dumbasses, you can, you, there is one guy in each fantasy league that takes one mm-hmm. week, takes one good production week, and they're like, oh, my God, Golden Tate is a fucking star. I think I know a guy find, like that or two. Find that guy. I know one. <laughs> find that guy. Yeah, there's always someone in your league that shouldn't be playing. You know when you're scrambling, you have 11 people like, damn it, I need one more person. Do you guys know anyone? Oh, yeah. Uh, Doug. Hey, I was that guy this year. So Hey, uh, hey. Hold I'm on. Winning, I'm taking so. a shot. Was that Josh in Anthony's league? No, Josh has been good at fantasy. Oh, yeah, football. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Sorry, like, I was trying to help you out there, no, Zach. Josh, I'm kidding, believe Josh it or not, play. he does like to trade a lot, but he normally knows what he's doing. I'll give him that. Yeah, all you guys do is talk about trades. God. 
That's all. Anthony's league is all trades. Every morning I wake up and I have three different texts from three different purple people in the league. Let me get Gronk. Let me get this. Let me get that. Well, Mike, let's be fair. You do wake up at 2 p.m. So three. <laughs> it's pretty three late in the day. <laughs> it's pretty late in the day. I mean, I, I've had like 20 texts by 2 p.m. But that's because I've been at work for literally eight hours. And they've already been And they've already been thinking about it since 10. Like, why the fuck is this one responding to me, yeah. dude? I want Gronk. He's freezing. Okay, so let's talk about Rob Gronk. Uh, is he the best tight end in the league? Hands down. Yes. He's a scrub. Or, uh, or is Tom Brady the man slanging it in his Uggs? I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. I think he's the best tight end in the league, and then Tom Brady makes him look better. So, Mike, let me, let me Mike give... you should run for office because you just have a way of like deflecting every question and, and staying safe. <laughs> well, it's the truth, though. Hey, he's, but... the best, he's the best tight end in the league, but Tom Brady makes him even look better. I'm going to ask the podcast this, and I, know, I probably already know Mike's answers. If... Rob Gronkowski is on Washington. Is he better? Does he get? That's is he a, better than that's Jordan a wrong Reed? Reference because but no, but wouldn't you? Tight end there a but lot there but wouldn't you say Jordan, yeah, Reed Jordan Reed is the second best tight end or Greg Olson? Put Gronkowski in any of those offenses, and I bet you he's still the same Gronk. So you I can't bet. really put it on Brady that much. If you have Jordan Reed as your tight end, I bet you Gronk is a wide receiver. No, God, you guys are missing it. I'm just saying. You, the two people you reference are both teams that use their tight ends a lot. You got to say another put team. Put them on like, the Niners. Wait, Brady. Brady, I didn't know that they had a Gronk on Washington, too. I thought it was on hey, the Patriots. Uh, something about Jordan Dude, okay. Reed, guys. Okay, put him on fucking Tennessee. That's I another good tight end. There's no, there's no Come Tennessee. On, bro. Come <laughs> so on. you're saying, no, no, I'm talking about quarterback because we're talking about how Tom Brady makes him better. I'm not talking about teams. I'm okay, talking about so let's, quarterbacks. Let's say it this way. Imagine if Marcus Mariota was throwing was Gronk the, the ball. Patriots quarterback. Or Kirk Cousins or Cam Newton. That's what I'm trying to say. That, what, because the question is flawed <laughs> in that argument. Is all those, <laughs> off, hey, all those offenses are based around tight ends. So if you would have said a team like Philadelphia or... Cleveland or someone that doesn't have a tight end dominant uh, offense like those four teams you just named are but, all tight but end you're dominant saying, just short circuited but, <laughs> but you're saying <laughs> but you're saying the you're saying the Patriots offense is surrounded by the tight ends oh it's been that way for a while okay so when Gronk was out why was LeGarrette Blunt the leading rusher you're missing the point here, Brady. You missed the point. All I was trying to say was that because the question was, does, is it is it a little bit of Tom Brady or is it Gronk? So I'm it's just both. saying, put Gronk with another quarterback. You guys fight like a married couple. Oh yeah, yeah we do. But I'm just saying, put, <laughs> put Gronk with another quarterback. Let me put it that way then. Is okay. Gronk still Gronk? Is yeah. that why you guys both kiss and make up after every show? No, he oh Gronk is still Gronk. You, okay, you're that, missing my point. That's he all. Is the that's best tight end. That's all in I was the asking. Plus, so probably agree to disagree and just move he has on the best the quarterback okay. in the league. So, bada oh, bada boom. Okay, 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 okay. We're on to the chumps. Um, let's talk Broncos wide receivers. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. They had that one game where Simeon went off, and we were like, "Woo, yeah, okay, we're gonna do okay with these Broncos receivers." Uh, stuff changed uh, as things normally do in the world. Should we be worried about these guys for the future? No, dude. Emmanuel Sanders is still eighth in the league in fantasy scoring, and he's still number one in red zone targets. And that's with Trevor Simeon having a shit game. So are you worried about Emmanuel Sanders? If Trevor Simeon keeps playing the way he did, yeah, of course. You're worried about Megatron if he was on the team still. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. If your quarterback is struggling that bad, you're terrified for everybody. But if Trevor Simeon finds out or, or figures it out, then no, you're not scared of Emmanuel Sanders. Honestly, unfortunately, I'm a little bit worried because I have both of them. This is why I'm worried. 
Because they're normally super, super consistent, right? Where they have good games. They're not going to have those same consistent games with Simeon at the helm. But you know why they were consistent, though. Because of the Sheriff. That's the reason they were consistent. Now they have a dose of pretty much the norm in an NFL team. Yeah, so what I'm saying, you have to expect now, instead of Demarius being top five, you got to expect them to be around... 7 to 11 or 7 to 15, somewhere around there. And instead of Emmanuel Sanders being 12, you got to think he's going to be more of a 22 now by the end of the year. And I'm sorry, he was 8th in targets, not 8th in uh, scoring. Yeah. So I'm just a little worried because normally when you get those guys, you're expecting super big and consistent weeks. They're still going to have their great games, but I just don't think they're going to have as many of them. Uh, Simeon's shoulders hurt. Um, I think this was just an off week. He showed that he can get it done against a good team. Um, I don't think we have anything to worry about with those guys. I think it was a lot of game plan. Kubiak was out. Kubiak wasn't even there. Um, they're trying to they're trying to protect Simeon. You know what I mean? I don't, it, it, it wasn't a normal game for Denver. You saw it the way that that offense struggled. And going back to that game, so I remember you guys saying, "Oh yeah, C.J. Anderson, San Diego's D is not even that good." There's the sixth best best rushing D. By the way, and yes, I'm saying what ifs, but if that touchdown didn't call, get called back, CJ Anderson's a top 10 running back this week. Just saying. If grandma had balls, she'd be grandpa puffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally why I said. And if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, it'd be Christmas all year long. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. I think Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders need CJ Anderson to start doing better. Okay, uh, who in this room has T.Y. Hilton? I do. I, okay, you guys should talk about him. Is he an all or nothing guy? No. No, definitely not an all or nothing guy. Yes. Hey, you don't have him. Shut up. Um, he's still fifth this year. Still fifth. Fantasy points. Um, he's got the highest red zone targets on his team. Highest and targets in the NFL. The no, he's the like the third highest targets in the NFL. Number one tied with Antonio Brown. Really? really? Wow. Okay. Cool. Um. And he has the highest completion percentage in the red zone at 75%, other than Jack Doyle, who's 100% because he's a fucking monster. But he's not a wide receiver, so it's whatever. Um, no, he doesn't, need, he doesn't need the big play. I'm telling you right now. Okay, I got a question for you guys since you guys both own him. Are you worried when Moncrief comes back, he's going to steal a little bit of the thunder? No, because he was still in the top five in targets when Moncrief was there. Maybe he steals. In a two-week two span. That's fine. That still shows promise. Yeah, he'll take away. It might take away from TD production in the red zone. It might take away those top on the team in, TD, in, in the red zone. But he's the number one guy in Indy. Even when Moncrief comes back and when they're in the middle of the field or pinned back, they're going to go at T.Y. All right, I got a question for you. Do you guys have the stats on T.Y., how many touchdowns he has this year? I think he's he has three. three. Okay, I guarantee you he doesn't break eight. And that's what's scary about T.Y. Mm. I'll bet you right now. Wow. Just because I got him, I'll bet you right now. We'll, we'll talk about that. No, don't, don't, don't come on the podcast and say, I bet he doesn't have eight touchdowns. And then when I want to get a bet going, you say no. Come on, dude. What the? F- then why'd you even Just bring that do up? It for lunch. It doesn't we, have to be lunch. Yeah, it doesn't have to be okay, money. Can, I'll buy you a whatever. can or something. No, or okay, energy whatever. Drink. Well, I don't think he's going to score over eight touchdowns. Honestly, I don't. I don't think he ever has in his career either. I think he will. We should probably write down these bets, though, because Brady keeps bringing them up. And I'm like, when did I bet that? We have a podcast that we can just go back and like listen to. Oh, you think I listen to my own podcast? We do every morning, dude. Oh, yeah? Um, 
Okay, let's talk Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's struggling, and his accuracy is not doing well. And I know, Mike, did you take him in the first round in some leagues? <laughs> I did. Yeah, well, my league is completely quarterback-driven, so if you have a good quarterback, you're normally going to win. But I am scared shitless, man. I uh, instantly regret. Well, I don't regret because I still think he can come back. But as of right now, I just I don't know, man. It scares me really Really bad. It scares me really bad. <laughs> scares so, him like the clowns outside. So uh, a question of the future. So next year, if you got the first pick, are you Drew Brees? Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> Drew Brees. And I hope I hope Drew Brees has a Drew Brees. <laughs> and then Aaron Rodgers just comes back. It's but number no, one Brady, that year. You should you should know this best out of anyone. When Matt Ryan had that big day, how many points did he drop on you? Well yeah. Sixty, 60. points. And you can normally have shitty all around the board, and that wins you a week. Tell funny because Drew Brees in our league had sixty points. Yeah, this see, week. that's my point. If you have one of those guys who fucking scores like that, Jeff Mai. That is a Jeff Mai has a great team. Ah, fuck Jeff. Dude, Mai. I can't believe it. Jeff, if you listen to this, fuck you. I'm pretty sure that's like the third time we said that. Yeah, we said that that's, on like our that's, first it's, podcast. It's fine. So, he still hasn't texted us saying you guys suck, so he doesn't listen. Is Rodgers a sell kind of guy? Because I'm at the point now, guys, where I have Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers. I'm at the – what was that, Ryan? Um, I'm at the point where I'm going to try to get rid of Rodgers. I hate doing it, but as of right now, I feel more comfortable starting Matt Ryan. So this is how I see it. Um, Aaron Rodgers this year is 14th. That's going to change, clearly. I, if you're going to sell high, if you go to sell Aaron Rodgers high right now, you're not going to get much for him, especially because you probably drafted him so high, Mike. And if he's 14th and you're in a 12-man league, that means there's 13 better quarterbacks than Aaron Rodgers. So someone, if he doesn't have a big game, someone's going to be like, dude, there's other dudes that are outscoring Aaron Rodgers. Why the hell would I want him for a big-name guy? If Aaron Rodgers puts up 40 or something like that, then you can be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is back. See, this, this is now. my plan. My plan is to find a Ben Roethlisberger owner and attack him. Because he's going to have to go to waivers and survive on that for two weeks or so. So that's my plan is I'm going to go there and try to see what I could do. Whether I get rid of oh my God. Whether I get rid of Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers, I need to get rid of one of them. Because I have so many holes in my lineup. My best wide receiver is Emmanuel Sanders, then Golden Tate. That's not a winning team, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I Honestly... You could jump the gun on Aaron Rodgers and he could take off, though. Yeah. Are you prepared as of for right that? now, I see him finishing where he did last year as number seven. And that's not where I drafted him. I had him at fifth. Well, that's probably, it's going to be around there. He's not, he's definitely not going to be top three. That's official. Yeah. I think no, top no, three is going to no, be, no. if Matt Ryan keeps it up, it's going to be Matt Ryan, not in any particular order, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck. I think Staff is going to find his way in there. Stafford's legit. I think, I think this is the year he'll find himself in the top three, or at least in the top five. Yeah, he's least. he's doing insane, and there's read all kinds of stats where he was like doing really well with like a couple of his top receivers out and a lot of drops. Um, Stafford has like 108 QB rating on the year or something like that, which is insane. Um, Michael Crabtree, I know we were talking about how we thought, or at least I was talking about how I thought Michael Crabtree was the better wide receiver and would end up better than Amari Cooper. I'm gonna go on record and say that this week only happened because. Uh, Marcus Peters, right? Is that his name? He was on Crabtree, not on Cooper. Uh, I don't think this is going to happen every week. Peters is just insane. That's I honestly thought both of them were going to do Pooh Burger. Did you see the rain there and how, how uh, fucked up that field was? I didn't think Cooper was going to have 10 catches or whatever he had. 
Yeah, uh, Cooper's definitely the possession guy where he's going to get more catches than Crabtree, but Crabtree's most definitely the red zone target. Did you see him attack him, I think, on two throws again to the red zone where they were not really the best of throws, but they trust Crabtree there? So that's always been my argument. I never said that Crabtree took his job or has the number one spot. I'm saying that Crabtree is the number one red zone target in Oakland. And you saw that this game. You saw that last game. You saw that the game before. I never argued that he's the number one, but we'll let Brady over there because he's feeding yeah, he's the fucking stomping his feet. You said you said that that Amari's just the possession guy. I think Amari's the deep guy too. The only thing that Crab is is the red zone guy. Crab or Cooper has Amari by. I mean, Amari has Crab by two hundred and twenty yards, and he only has five less receptions, five for two twenty more than Crabtree. Crabtree's only at three forty six. Like, come on. Amari Cooper's stupid. Hey, Puffs, <laughs> I know you really like Amari Cooper, and I think he's a great player, but I think their numbers at the end of the year are going to be way closer than you expect. Well, and, and with Amari Cooper, or with uh, Crabtree's five touchdowns, they're tied in fantasy points at 66. So I'm pretty sure I bet at least some of you guys that Amari Cooper was going to outscore Crabtree this year. I took that bet. You did. Um, I, I, think still I, think Crab- I think I took it as well. I, but- think, I think Crabtree will outscore him. Amari Cooper like never volunteers. Did you know that? He's never given blood. He hates Christmas. Fuck. Because he has tattoos. You're not allowed to give blood when you got tats. He's Still a, a jerk, dude. He's a jerk. All right, let's move on. Okay, uh, Carolina defense. Uh, <laughs> they have turned into just one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, That's good because I love watching Cam lose. I fucking hate <laughs> it that is guy. so nice. Yeah, he's um, a bitch. Are we cutting them now? I am yes. most Dropped definitely. Like bad That's why habit. I traded for the Bills defense, and I'm still not sold on the Bills defense, but they're much better than Carolina. Well, when you think about it, too, their secondary, they lost Josh Norman and didn't think he was as good as he was, and um, look what happened. I know, but that's a cop-out. They still needed but, to. But still, dude, they're, they're, with Josh Norman last year, they were a top defense. I even think if they had Josh Norman this year, they would still be getting burned, unfortunately. I don't know. Carolina dude. was so good because they had swag up the ass. Everyone was dabbing because everywhere. Because of Josh Norman. Because of Cam Newton. Um, their def- And their front seven has but, not been getting pressure. But Cam Newton, that Tom off... Key, or, Tom Davis and Luke Keekley have not been playing well. But that either. offense, Carolina's offense, is still the fifth scoring offense right, right now. So you can't say that the offense has lost a step. So it's the defense that's lost a step. If your secondary is bad, then what do you do? You have to pull a linebacker to overcompensate to help out the secondary, right? So you're not going to get the same pass rush. You're not going to get the same run-stopping ability in Carolina if you got to pull someone to help a weak secondary. And if you don't help the secondary, they're going to pick you apart. I think it comes down to a pass-first league and a weak secondary, a young secondary, really. Um, I mean, they're getting burned by everyone. You name it. They're burning them. Uh, they're not a reliable start. If you drafted them high, we're sorry. You know, it's better to go off and try and just get a streamer. Just stream whoever's playing the Browns every week. The Browns turn the ball over, um, and they give up sacks. They give up like six sacks a game on average. Um, there are better options out there that have turned up. Didn't Cody Kessler have a good game this week? He did have a good game, though. He had a decent game. Terrell like, Pryor had a great game. Yeah. Who else was on your bench, Mike? Terrell Pryor. Oh. Well, were you going to really start before the week? Were you really going to start Terrell Pryor over Kelvin Benjamin, Marvin Jones, or Emmanuel Sanders, honestly? No. Okay. 
I still wouldn't do that. I think you just got unlucky. I still wouldn't do yes, that. Yeah. yeah. And James White, I literally draft him in every league, and I'm finally think he might be start worthy now. He's like just trade him to Josh. I think didn't Deion everyone Lewis. Didn't um, everyone say that James White was going to be the dude as soon as Tom Brady came back? But until then, he was going to be irrelevant. I yeah. Think, I think Mike just said that. I don't think any of us said it. Yeah. Well, I know James White, and I know the Patriots offense. It might. It's going to switch off when Deion Lewis comes back. It's going to be the James White Deion Lewis show because you don't know who they're going to throw it to. But when Deion's back, James White is no longer flex worthy, unfortunately. Okay, let's talk Doug Baldwin. Um, he's been like quietly not doing that well. I know we haven't really talked about uh, Seattle all that much. We talked about Jimmy Graham. We talked about Christine Michael and Russell Wilson being banged up. Uh, Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin. Neither of these guys are really performing at all. Yeah, so Brady, I know you looked at the stats on Russell Wilson. You want to kind of backpedal on oh, how Russell well Russell Wilson had a shitty fantasy day. Yes. But okay. Well, let's get back to the question. Um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> how I, that's, how, that's how I deflect it. Um, I think a lot of it is because Jimmy Graham has finally woke up. I love it, by the way. And um, and Russell Wilson also has woken up to be like, dude, I have Jimmy Graham on my team. You know what I mean? Doug Baldwin had 103 receptions last year. It's not going to happen again. Um. Uh, Jimmy Graham only had, I think, 70. He already has 34, 35. And that's going to be above what he had last year. So the fact that Russell Wilson now has a, has a tight end to throw it to where he's confident in, other than Luke Wilson, Baldwin's numbers, yeah, are going to decrease. And everyone said this before the year started, that Doug Baldwin was going to regress from last year because the, the, the stats he put up last year was stupid. So uh, he's not getting as many looks as he did last year, and that's one of the reasons that he's fallen off. I think it's a trickle-down effect with Russell Wilson being injured, Christian Michaels running like a savage. It's going to affect his numbers, but I have a feeling when uh, Russell gets healthy and he's able to prolong those plays and run around eight different people then throw the ball, Doug Baldwin's going to get some uh, deep catches. Yeah, but I think that what Baldwin needs is, is Wilson to be mobile enough to break the defense down. Um, the defense isn't getting broke down, and I don't think Baldwin's necessarily athletic enough to burn NFL corners. But I think for some reason when the defense breaks down, Baldwin's just way better. Yeah, so that's what I mean. They need a healthy Russell Wilson, and then Baldwin should kick up with numbers. Yep. Okay, so let's talk Carson Wentz. Um, I saw a stat that said something like uh, recently he's been pressured on 43.6% of his dropbacks, um, and before he was only getting pressured on like 24%. Um are we saying that he looks like a rookie now, or uh, or was it just a fluke? Uh, re- is recently a fluke, or were his first games a fluke? See, the biggest thing for me is that you got to look at his, his offense. He's got the he's got the twenty seventh best running back, and his number one wide receiver is thirty first. Come on. And then you look at the right side you, of his line. You know what I mean? You, you can't, and he doesn't even really have a tight end to throw it to. Like he doesn't have much. Zach Ertz isn't bad. I know, but it's not like Zach Ertz is coming out of the gate just beasting on fools. Yeah, I saw Ertz drop two balls. You know what, really you know what I mean? So, so you can't entirely put it on Wentz. Yeah, he's still a rookie. Let's not forget that. You know what I mean? And he's not in the greatest offense out there, and he's still done the best that he could. All, almost all the Eagles games, other than the blowout that they did against Pittsburgh, have been pretty damn close. And to put that on a rookie quarterback, yeah, you're going to have some mistakes, some stupid picks and stuff like that because the kid hasn't been there in the NFL. But if you put him in a, in a better offense in his second year, his third year, I think Carson Wentz is still going to be good. For how many times he was pressured and sacked this game, he went 11 for 22 and didn't throw a pick. 
I would take that. If you started him, one would hope that you didn't versus the Vikings. You kind of went in knowing that he wasn't going to be your all-time scorer. He didn't play the Vikings. The Vikings run a bye. Who'd they play? Oh, whoops. They played uh, Washington. Oh. It was a division game. And My bad. There was, there was multiple plays that I saw, too, where he showed poise and got out of the throw to got, Jordan Matthews. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. Got out of the pocket, made a, a great decision, and got the ball and got the first down. You know what I mean? So you can't just because the Eagles aren't undefeated anymore and, and Carson Wentz is throwing for three t- touchdowns and no interceptions, you can't say that he's a bad quarterback. But, yeah, it, you got we got to remember he's still a rookie. How I feel about Philadelphia's offense is there's not really one guy who's going to get the majority of all the catches. I think he's just kind of tossed it around. It's going to change from week to week. Either Jordan Matthews, Zach Ertz, or Darren Sproles. Nelson Aguilar, Darren, Darren Sproles. Sproles. look good. Yeah. Well, he didn't have a good game this week. Yeah, no, but what, what I'm saying about, like, like we're saying, we preach it all the time, and I'm going to say it again. The, the, a good run attack opens up the pass attack. And when Jordan when, and Ryan Matthews has a measly 209 yards on 53 attempts, you're really putting the ball in Carson Wentz's hands more than it should be. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree that he looks good, especially for a rookie. He's only going to get better. That offense doesn't have a lot of weapons. So he's just going to have to try and – they're going to try and figure it out like they did before. Um, they've had a couple tough defensive mashups, and if they're playing – are they playing Minnesota this week then? Yes. It's not going to get any easier this week. Nope. I don't think that, I don't think that Carson <laughs> exactly. Wentz is a start this week, especially with how good that Minnesota defense is. But they're going to figure it out. He's going to get better. I think that he's a great stream in easy matchups. Um, okay, so anybody else to add to the chumps list? Um, none that I could really think of. As of right now, but... Sterling Shepard. Well, I only put chumps on the list that are like, people think they're going to be really good, the reason why they drafted them. Because there's obviously people who had worse games than the ones that we said. But when I did this, I just tried to find people that were actually relevant to people's fantasy I kind of want to do add someone to the champs. It's Kobe Fleener. Oh, yeah. He had a great mm-hmm. game. So what are you guys doing with Kobe now? I've always been pretty high on Kobe just because of the offense that he's in. I don't think that he's crap, but um, I don't know. I would definitely start him if I didn't have a Gronk. Oh, yeah, with the Jordan Reed thing, too. I wanted to bring this up earlier. Jordan Reed has had a past of concussions, and I think he's on his sixth concussion. Vernon Davis, guys. Pick him up. Yeah, because Uh, Vernon Davis isn't going to be Jordan Reed. Okay, I think we we talk about this. Okay, well, I'm just letting you know Jordan Reed could be done, guys. He could be done. For his career? Possibly, man. If six concussions is nothing to play with. Six is a lot, yeah. and especially in the NFL. And he's gotten, I think, majority of them recently, too, in the last yeah, few he, years. Last year, he missed four or five weeks due to a concussion. Yeah, so, so. I, I think he's had one almost every and year. And I drafted him. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, he's got to be careful. <laughs> Will Smith might show up at his house. Oh, yeah. Tell the <laughs> truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Uh, okay, so let's launch into waivers. Uh, it's probably what everybody's been listening for. Um waivers it's uh if you had been ben, big ben you're probably looking for a quarterback uh there's some great wide receiver pickups uh let's start with kendall wright on the titans um tajay sharp kind of faded off um he had a first a good first couple games and people thought he was going to be the one in uh in the titans offense but ever since then it's it seemed to not be that way uh kendall wright has done well in the past do you think he's a good ppr choice from here on out in uh, in deeper leagues i believe so since especially since tajay sharp's on a on a the big decline right now. Um, 
So far this year, Kendall Wright's got 11 receptions for 156 and a touchdown. That's an average, what, 14 yards catch. Um, that's pretty damn good. And and clearly, Mario is looking down the field. And the biggest thing for me was last year when Kendall Wright had 36 receptions, I think it was for 408 and three TDs. That's with a rookie quarterback with no confidence, especially with a deep ball. Now you got a guy in his sophomore year, he's getting a little bit more comfortable, hence why we see Delaney Walker's numbers going a little bit down because he's taking shots. Exactly why Tajay Sharp was relevant in early in the year because Mariota was throwing the ball downfield. Kendall Wright is a great deep threat. So, yeah, I would, I would pick him up for sure. Yeah, if you look at Kendall Wright's stats actually throughout his career, he's a guy that averages around five catches a game, believe it or not. And if you can get back on this pace, he's most definitely a decent flex start. As of right now, if you pick him up, I wouldn't say start him right away. I want to see at least one or two more weeks out of him before I can be like, he's a must start. But he's definitely some guy you need to pick up, guys, I promise. And leagues are one on waiver wires, by the way. Well, and, and there's two actually on Tennessee. Rashard Matthews, who's leading the team in receiving right now, and Kendall Wright. So if, if you maybe picked up or drafted Tajay Sharp, go ahead and look at one of those guys in Tennessee. Um, those are the guys that are actually getting the ball now on a more consistent basis than uh, Mr. Tajay Sharp. Thanks, Larry. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> okay, David is- Johnson already has two tubs. Oh, yeah. Shut up, my dude. boy. Oh, yeah, my he already number has one two. score, too. I am so excited. <laughs> if Palmer <laughs> keeps this up, because I have, I'm going to get high week this week, which means most points scored. That's me back-to-back weeks. And I'm going against well, the number you're one. Well, you're half man, conference. half amazing. All right, let's move on. Where we're okay. Marcus Mariota. He's had two good weeks in a row, um, and he's got a couple easy games coming up. I think next week he plays uh, Indianapolis, which is, uh, as we know, they're pretty good defense. But you got to be careful there. Um, careful. If you lost a Big Ben, um, is Marcus Mariota the guy to pick up? Um, not sold yet on Big Ben, unfortunately. Um, or. But- Big Ben, Mariota, what am I talking about? <laughs> uh, I'm not sold on Mariota as of right now, but um, no, I'm not. I wouldn't start Mariota. It's weird because uh, a lot of <laughs> kind of roundabout way to say no. <laughs> no sorry, I, lo- I was looking at the stats for the Monday night game, so I was just kind of lost focus there. It's kind of crazy because Mariota snuck into the top 10. He's at, he's at six. I'm not saying he's going to be the a last top two 10. games. Well, yeah, I know. And that's what I'm saying. In the last two games, he's got a, he's got a 70% completion. And only one interception. So he's trending right now. So if you have a bye this week and you need a quarterback or you need to replace Big Ben, like we were saying, if Mariota's matchup, which I don't know who he's playing, but if Mariota's matchup is a good matchup, I'd seriously consider it, to be honest with you, because he's doing it with his legs too, which is crazy. So um, I, I, do, I do like him as a start this coming week, depending on the matchup. Yeah, I mean, Indianapolis, I can see him running all over Indianapolis. Then he's got Jacksonville. Ah, that could be good, could be bad. Uh, San Diego, Green Bay, Indianapolis, Chicago. And then the rest of his season gets a little bit harder. Um, I think Mariota's a great pickup, especially if, you're, uh, if your quarterback's on bye or you're down a big bend for the next couple weeks with that torn meniscus. Um, I think that Mariota is a solid pickup, especially with the state of quarterbacks uh, in the league currently. Okay, so Kenny Britt. We talked about Kenny Britt earlier in the podcast. He's obviously the number one guy in L.A. Do you think he's a must pickup? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yes, We've yes, already yes, talked yes, about yes. this, so I think we all can agree on this one and move on. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. All right, let's do it. Okay, mm-hmm. Vernon Davis. So now we finally got to this guy. 
Uh, Jordan Reed possibly out for the rest of the season, possibly out for the rest of his career. Is Vernon Davis the guy you pick up off waivers? Not really. Oh, I definitely think so. He could have had two touchdowns. He had one, and he had another wide-open touchdown, which I believe it was a bad throw. Mm-hmm. Vernon Davis obviously is going to have Jordan Reed numbers. I'm not retarded. But um, I definitely think he's a guy to stream. Well, I could be, actually. Awkward. What's my IQ test? Anyway, um, I think he's a guy to start if you have a weak tight end, like a Dwayne Allen or something like that. But I don't think he's going to be top five. But so – in majority of leagues, um, so yeah, I know he hasn't been playing that much because he's being shadowed by Jordan Reed, so he's 26, but there's a bunch of dudes ahead of him that are actually like CJ Fredowitz, I would take yeah, over Vernon. I'm pretty sure I put him Cameron Brait, I think that's his name. I would yeah, take. Barth. I, would, I think it's Cameron Brait. No, Brait. He's on. Um, yeah, Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's Brait. No, there's it's Brait. All right, well, you know how I, I, w- I would name, start. So I believe you. I would start those two over before I would think about Vernon. Um, if. If you have to, yeah, I'm not saying he's a bad pickup, but especially if you monitor Jordan Reed's status. If Jordan Reed's going to be out for an extended period of time, I, I can see you picking up Vernon Davis and stashing him just to see how they're going to, how much production he's going to have in that offense. But as of right now, I like Fredowitz or Bray over over a Vernon. Say you do pick him up and he plays Denver next week. You were talking about I'm not, having, I'm not picking him up if he's playing Denver. I'm saying if you pick him up, do you start him versus Denver? Actually, I, I wouldn't know. Hunter Henry just, just torched Denver. So what were you saying this morning about great defenses always allow more passing to... From the tight end. Yeah, I did say that this morning. But I don't know. I just I, I can't trust Vernon right now. I would definitely... I agree with you on CJ. I don't agree with you on Brath or Barth or whatever. Brate. Brate. Same shit. Wow, you got that really wrong, Barth. Yeah. Barth. Uh, is that <laughs> Kamir, or was it Kamir? Kamir Aiken. Anyway, <laughs> anyway but, uh, Vernon Davis, check him out, guys. I think you'll be happy. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about uh, CJ Theodorowitz. Um, do you think he's also a good buyer placement starter? I mean, I know we already talked about him a little bit, but like instead of a Vernon Davis, let's say if you have like a guy who's underperforming, um, say – like Gary Barnage, would you pick up Theodorowitz, especially with how much he's included in the game? It looks like uh, Osweiler likes going to him, especially in the red zone. What I like about it in the last three games is he's uh, averaged 64 yards only on four targets. That's on average. And he's got, uh, I think it was two touchdowns in the last three games. He's a trending tight end right now. And we haven't really seen much other than this from him. Or is he a rookie? Mm, I don't. Or a second year guy I or something know, like that. But I think he is definitely someone you need to pick up if you're weak at tight end. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, he's showed promise. That's all I'm saying. Uh, especially if you're if you're hurting at tight end. If you've been, I don't know. If you if you drafted uh, Kobe Fleener or something like that, and you happened to drop him, and someone picked him up, uh, and if, if what was it? How do you say it, Ryan? I, I think it's like Fiodorowitz. Fiodorowitz. If he's it. out there, or, or Fedorowitz. If he's out there, I'd go grab him. Actually, especially let me if you're try weak. to say it. I'll get it right. Oh God! Fidowitz. He probably says fire doics. <laughs> fire doics. <laughs> Just all right. Let's move on. CJ. F- <laughs> um. No. <laughs> uh, I think he's a solid start. I like him. Uh, I watched the game last night. He definitely passed my eye test. I know it was against Indianapolis's defense, but uh, he looks solid. He's a huge dude. Um, I think that there's worse replacements, and he always has that possibility for the touchdown. Okay, Anquan Bolden. Uh, do you think it's time to pick him up? I do. 
and, it's uh, about that time. Please explain. He is the most targeted line behind Theo Riddick. Thank you. In the red zone. Every time I see him in the red zone, I'm like, oh, Marvin Jones ain't going to get it. It's going to Baldwin. Or Bal- oh, my God. Just, just oh shut my up. God. Bolden. Just shut up. Uh, well, dude, he's got hands. That he does it. for days. A lot of people he might run a five three forty, but he has hands for days. Yeah, and he can get banged up. He can get sandwiched between somebody, and you know he's going to hold on to the ball. Um, so yeah, I'd pick him up for sure. Even though he's he might be that guy that has to get that touchdown, but as of right now, Detroit they're they're throwing the ball a lot and they're moving the ball a lot. So the probability of him getting that touchdown is as high as it's been in a while. Yeah, I think you always want guys on high passing offenses. So, like, New Orleans, uh, Detroit, Indianapolis, those are all good guys to have. So, prior to this game, he was averaging four receptions a game. Do you think this game is a fluke and he doesn't do it again, or do you think he's going to do it? I think he's going to be hovering around six to eight points without the touchdown. Well, would you guys agree that Anquan Bolton's like a Michael Crabtree? No, not no. at all. Why? Never. Michael Crabtree's better than Anquan Bolton. I just, but, but you guys said Crabtree's the red zone guy, right? And we're I know, saying but that Anquan Bolton's not the red zone guy. single saying. red zone guy there. And the Raiders, it's pretty obvious that Michael Crabtree's the only guy they trust to throw to the red zone. Are you going to trust Anquan Bolton running a streak down the sideline and target? We're him? talking about red zone. I mean, it, you okay. Target Crabtree on the sideline too. Probably so this know, but we're talking this about is zone. where this argument falls flat, though. God. It's like saying, um, okay, Bryce Harper is a baseball player. Um, you know, uh, who's that? Connor, Connor Gillespie is also a baseball player. Wouldn't you call them the same guy? They're both white. I mean, they're both baseball players, Dude, what but the fuck? That they, was, they're that's not, not the even, same player. They no. both do the same thing, but it's not the same utility. No, I'm just saying with how high Michael Crabtree's red zone targets are compared to Bolden's red zone targets, I'm just saying, are they like the same? You brought in ethnicity no. in a different sport. No, they're not. My my point okay, is that's all I wanted. My point is no. That's, that's, I don't even that's know how to all respond I wanted. To that question. That's all I wanted. My point wow. is no. All right, um, I feel you. Okay, let's talk about the Cowboys defense. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I am fucking lost of words. Okay, the Cowboys defense has not given up more than 17 points in a game in the past four weeks, or is it total? 17 points in yeah, no, total. Uh, no, like, no, no, like points, not. Fantasy points. I'm just saying points in a game. Yeah, it's not the whole year. Is that the last four games? Is that four weeks? Oh, yeah. Seventeen points total or four no. weeks? No, seventeen points a game. So they're yeah, they seventeen have, or under. In the last four weeks, no one has scored over seventeen Perfect. against That's a good Dallas. Way to say it. Yes, got it. Okay. Um, so do you think that they're a good start against, uh, say, if you had like a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that you thought was going to do great this week? Yeah, I would start the Cowboys over them from here on now if I had to choose. Um, this week, obviously, we already know what happened in Pittsburgh. So but The only thing <laughs> that scares me about, about Dallas' defense is Morris Claiborne, who is probably their best option right now on defense, just went out with a concussion because Sean Lee like, ran right into him and trucked him. And then also Orlando Scandrick is still out with a hamstring, even though Byron Jones and um, Barry Church um, and those guys are picking up the slack. Um, I think a majority of Dallas's success is on the offensive side of the ball. I was just going to say um, that. That's perfectly said. Dak is just – he's just doing great things. And he's keeping that – Dak and Zeke. Sorry, I, I can't forget him either. They're just they're, – they're holding the ball for a while. They're extending drives. They're on the three-yard line pinned back, and they're taking seven-minute drives down and scoring a touchdown. If any defense gets seven minutes to chill on the side and game plan against the next drive, they're going to be pretty damn good. 
You said that perfectly. That's literally what I was going to say. Good job, Huss. It's my squad, so I, I, I kind of got to know. No, yeah, any any team that holds onto the ball as long as they do, it's old school football is what it is. And uh, and if you have the ball that long, it's just you don't give your defense chances to screw up. So yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's a great game plan, and it's it's great for the defense, especially if they can stay fresh. Well, um, and we saw that with Denver. They had like they had three and outs for the first three quarters, and that defense got roasted by San Diego. Don't get me wrong, San Diego's great offense, but you can see what happens when an offense struggles to stay on the field, what it will do to even a top defense in the league. True that. Any other uh any other waiver wire additions we can talk about? Um not that I could think of. Gillisley, if you are a LaShawn McCoy owner, go and grab well, even if you're not, go and grab Gillisley. LaShawn McCoy had an injury scare. Um he has been injured in the past before he could go down at any time. I'm not, I'm not wishing he does, but Gillisley, once they blew out the Niners, and yes, I get it, it was against the Niners, but Gillisley had six rushes for 60 yards and a touchdown after LaShawn McCoy came out, and he had a touchdown last week. I think he was like five for 42 in a touchdown the week before. I know, so the but kid's 50 good. of those yards came on one play. I thought it was McCoy when I saw that. I was like, oh, no, not again, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I think Brady made a good point. If you have any of these uh, big-time running backs like Lamar Miller, uh, Zeke Elliott, David Johnson, David Johnson, you need to handcuff your guys because if they go down, you will be regretting it. And I guarantee the person in last place is going to be licking their chops. Be like, I just got a starting running back on a good team. Well, and, and pay attention to uh, Green Bay's backfield. If Jordan or if Jordan Starks. If Jordan Starks is James, James, there I knew it was wrong. If James Starks is out this week again, go pick up Ty Montgomery because Eddie Lacy dude looked like he was gonna cry. Like Eddie that Lacey. ankle was bugging him. You want to know? It's That's funny. the most times I've seen him hurdle ever yeah. in a game because he did not want to get ankle. He didn't want to get his ankles bit. That's exactly why. Yeah, you know what I say. I know what's funny is uh, Eddie Lacy is listed at two thirty four. Maybe in his left ass cheek. There is no way that guy is 234. I was going to say, he looks like he's like 260. That yeah, I was like going to say Mack 255. Yeah. Huge, There's no way he's 234. That's horse shit. No, he's big. Um, yeah, another guy. I mean, Jay Ajayi only taken in 42% of ESPN.com leagues. I don't see that. I don't see that happening. I think it's about to blow up. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's about, about to be 85. more like eighty yeah, percent. It's gonna, uh, it's gonna jump. It's gonna be more really about high. like more like eighty or ninety percent, um, especially because he's a starting running back. But yeah, I keep an eye on him. Um, I can't think of anyone else. So wait, uh, just one question: uh, If you're an Arian Foster owner, what do you do? I think you got to hold on to him. What do you do? Hold on to him, but on your bench, honestly, I even if he is back, I, I don't trust Foster anymore. I don't. Copy. Tim four. Chuck, chuck. Chuck, chuck. All right, boys. I think that's it. Uh, you got anything else to add? Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you guys again for all the email support. We love the questions. And once we get enough, um, we're averaging about three every podcast. We want When we get to about 10, we're going to start asking your questions online. So keep sending us the emails. We love the reviews, good or bad. We Should, need uh, more. Yeah. So if you like us or you don't, let us know. And keep emailing us, Matt Berry's wife. We know you like us. Calm down, okay? Yeah, Just calm and, down. And shout out to the the Fantasy Pros app. I love that thing. I'm love literally I'm literally looking at that thing probably for like two three hours a day. All my uh, useless stats, assholes. I listen to the podcast. Um, 
Yeah. No, we said so, we missed uh, you for the stats. Oh, we, no, I think I'm pretty sure that we said we didn't miss you for the stats. No, I think I think you, Ryan, said that they were useless stats. I listened to this. Oh, morning. we were you just did. going crazy. We had no one to rein us in. <laughs> and you yeah. guys talk shit about Justin, but didn't say a word about. Didn't say so, a, didn't say a word about Zach. So I got heart. I got. Guys. I think there was a topic where you guys were like, "Oh yeah, Brady's gonna love this." And I was like, "Oh." Well, you're a lot more. You're a lot Jesus more antagonistic Christ. than Zach is. Zach doesn't go after people. <laughs> David Johnson, I fucking love you. Okay, love that man. All right, guys, thank you. Number give, one running give back. Us the feed, give the Twitter handle. Oh, I got it. Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter at t h e e fantasy stop. Email us at t h e e fantasy stop at gmail Find us and like us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram as well. Uh, make sure and send us those emails. We love your questions. We love your comments. Uh, Want to do what we can to make sure that we provide you with the best content each week. Like they said before, uh, download, subscribe, give us a review, one star, five star, anywhere in between. We just appreciate the feedback. We want to bring you the best content. We want to keep bringing you the best uh, stats. Let us know if we're, you know, if we talk too much about stats. If we don't have enough stats. If you think the show's too long, whatever it is, we're trying to get better at this every day, and we need feedback or if so. you don't like somebody put that in the comments so we can yeah. dismiss them. i have thick skin i promise if you guys rip on me we will read it on the air and i'll just let everyone know how big of a faggot you are and every, just kidding and yeah I, I didn't know we were gonna dismiss dismiss anyone if you didn't like them but hey no, if, if that's the are. case and remember guys the first 10 people to email us i will pay for your fantasy pros app so the first 10 people to email us i will yeah, venmo you Six? square cash yeah, I think I already Venmoed three people. So okay. uh, there's seven more spots. Email us. I will pay for your app. That is $5, you cheap bastards. Yeah, like we said, the My Playbook Fantasy Pros app in the App Store, it's great. Uh, you pay for that premium service. You get more stats than you could even dream of. Um, it really helps you feel confident about who you're starting and sitting and who you're picking up off waivers for every week. And they're constantly updating those stats. They're always correct. Uh, they bring you all kinds of news and notes from the league. Thank you again for tuning into the Fantasy Stop, your one stop for all things fantasy sports. And uh, have a good Monday night. Go, David Johnson. Balls. Bye.